0: Hey, uh, we're glad you're with us this morning. Um, I want to talk to you about missionaries this morning. Um, I read a, a, a story about a book called The Poisonwood Bible. The Poisonwood Bible is an account of a missionary family. It's written actually by five women, a wife and four daughters, who wrote the story of their husband and father, who was kind of the patriarch missionary family to the Congo. They were in the Congo. And this father is... Portrayed kind of as a hero, but also as a it was sort of a tragic tale at the same time. He was a man of convictions. He wanted to go and be a missionary to the Congo, but he also um, sort of shipwrecks his own family. And they they pointed out in this one scene where he's standing in front of these Congolese Christians, these new Congolese Christians, and he says to them, "Jesus is Lord," and then he calls them to bring their children down to the river to be baptized. And of course, these Congolese villagers immediately started hubbubbing, and they all started rushing out of the church, and this guy had no idea what was going on, right? But here's what they found out later. The word for Lord was also the word for poison wood, which was this wood that would cause an intense rash. And the river was where the alligators all lived. So he had basically said, Jesus is poison wood, and bring your kids down to the river to be eaten by alligators. Right, And so it, it ended up with this stubborn cultural misunderstandings between them. And, and it's largely because the missionary failed to study his, his uh, particular setting where he was doing this. Now I want you to imagine that you're a missionary to a foreign land. I grew up with missionaries coming to visit church. We have them here a lot. Imagine that you're a missionary to a foreign land. And you've dropped into some place you have no idea what to do or how to reach these people. What would you do? You'd learn the language, right? You'd begin by learning the language. If I can't speak to these people, I probably can't do anything with them. You would begin to learn their culture. What do their daily routines look like? Their worldview? What is all of that? That's what you would do. You would try to connect with them on a relational level. Well, I got something to tell you. Here in 2022 in Lodi, you need to realize that we are in a missionary situation right here. Um, I'm going to say something that may be controversial, but I don't think it's that controversial. America was a Christian nation. America was founded on some Christian ideals. But can I tell you something? America has moved on. The culture has moved on from that and and we see that that if you we live in a time where if you are living out judeo christian values and ethics you are, your footing is being eroded every single day if you believe and adhere to biblical christianity you're becoming a foreigner in america an exile an alien in america now for those of you who have been abroad you know this is already a done deal in europe right If you go to Europe, in Great Britain, uh, this is already done. In 2007, they did a study in Great Britain that said 70% of people in Great Britain have absolutely no desire to darken the door of a church ever. Right now, only about 5% of anyone in Great Britain have anything to do with a church. Great Britain is a post-Christian culture. They have moved on from it, and America is on its way and on its way fast. By every statistical measure, the church in America, people following Jesus in America, it, we are losing ground at an alarming rate. And, and the church that was at the center of culture, you could pretty much assume everybody was at church on a Sunday morning. Now you can pretty much assume most people are not. That's what's going on in our world. As we look at 1 Peter, if you've got notes, grab them, break them out, I want you to take a look at this. As we look at 1 Peter and continue this study that we're talking about here, you're going to see that Peter was talking to a group of Christians that were living in the same reality. 1 Peter 1.1 says this, I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as what? Foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And these believers were spread out from their home, but they were still following Jesus. They were just doing it as foreigners in the land. Peter's going to give them some instructions as how to live out their faith while they're living in these foreign cities. And so I want you to see this because it's instructive for us too. Here's the first thing this morning, ready? We need to live well in your neighborhood. Live well in your neighborhood. Um, God has us living here in Lodi in 2022. Sometimes I think, how did I get here? How many people here were raised, born and raised in Lodi? Born and raised in Lodi. I know Lodi is higher than some other places, right? But other people, other of us, I don't know how we ended up here. I don't know how I ended up here. Nicole and I grew up in the Bay Area. Other Bay Area transplants? Where's my Bay Area people, yeah? Bay Area, how about SoCal? We got SoCal people here that have moved their way up from from that land. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Where else? Where's Where's the farthest somebody's from? How'd you end up in Lodi? Where? Sacramento, Stockton, Stockton, Stockton. with some pride. Anybody else? Albuquerque. Albuquerque. There's a New Mexico. Where else? Illinois, Sacramento. I I don't know how I ended up in Lodi, but here I am. I've been in Lodi. Like we uh, we got married. Nicole and I got married. We spent our first two years down in Southern California, down in Orange County. I was going to school came back here, ended up in Lodi, was here for seven years. Then we moved just 25 minutes up the road that way to uh, Elk Grove where we lived for 16 years. And then we moved back to Lodi and we've been back for about three years. Our kids grew up in I don't know how we ended up in the Central Valley, but here we are. We're in the Central Valley. Now the Central Valley's been home for the past 25 years. I mean, if you draw a 30-mile radius and you put Lodi near the center, I've lived here for the last 25 years. In fact, when we moved back, we literally moved back one street over from where we lived before two blocks down. We live in the same exact neighborhood. I walk by my old house all the time. And, it, and it's sort of weird, but I don't know how I got here. I, don't, I didn't plan living in the Central Valley, but suddenly Lodi's home. Lodi's my neighborhood, and God has us here. So he is calling us to live here and live well right here. Peter's saying the same thing to these people throughout Asia Minor. Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 1, starting in verse 13. So prepare your minds for what? Action and exercise what else? Self-control, put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's what? Obedient, Obedient children. Don't slip back into what? Holy. Your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy, holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is what? Holy. holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because God says, I am holy. That word holy, we sing it in songs. That third song we sang had holy, 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 and we kept singing it. That That is a word that we sing a lot, but all it really means is set apart. We have been set apart. When we become Christians, we are set apart from the world. Just as God is set apart, he is holy, he's not, as, he's not us, we're not him, we're not in the same category, us and God. But we have been set apart when we become a follower of God, and he sets us apart into this world. We don't need to move into communes and sit cross-legged and chant or anything, but we are set apart even here as we live in these neighborhoods. It says we're supposed to live as God's obedient children, and we're going to be holy in everything we do. Even if we're living in a foreign land, and even if that foreign land is Lodi, it's going to become more and more hostile to our faith, and so we are going to have to live differently. Get this. We live in our neighborhood, but we live differently than our neighbors. We live in our neighborhoods, but we live differently than our neighbors. We set ourselves apart from this world by our lifestyle, right? Right? If the guys at the office are telling jokes that your mother would not approve of, you don't tell those jokes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. If everyone is talking about that movie, oh, but it's hilarious. It's I know it's raunchy, but it's hilarious. You don't engage in that because that isn't what we do. We're set apart. If the party crosses over that line where people are getting drunk, I mean really drunk, and the conversation is becoming objectionable and it's becoming mean-spirited and terrible, you find a way to leave because we're set apart. If you're a high school student, and you're at your lunch table at, at school, and they're, they're dropping F-bombs, like, I don't know if anybody else has ever had this, where they use it as a verb, a preposition, an adjective, a noun, a, I don't understand how that works, but there's more F-bombs and there is actual English words coming out, at some point you say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that, I just, I don't roll like that, Right? If the group is going to the strip club, you're not going. And there's some people who, that used to be the way we lived. That was the way we lived. Before Christ, we did all that stuff. It didn't seem wrong to us. It's just what people did. But now, now we belong to God. Now we're set apart. We're set apart by him, and we're set apart for him. So we live differently than the people around us. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 4 says. It says this. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the who? As the Gentiles do. For they are what? They're hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. darkness, And they wander far from the life God gives. Because they have what? They've closed their minds and what else? Harden their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. We live in our neighborhoods as foreigners, as exiles, but we don't live like our neighbors because we have been set apart by God. And and that's the truth of it is. And the reason why is because we are not permanent residents here. We are only renters in our neighborhood. We're only renters in the neighborhood. Listen to 1 Peter as it continues. It says this. It says, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites, He will judge or reward you according to what? What you do. do. So you must live in what? Reverent Reverent fear of him during your time here as? Says it right there. Temporary residence. Uh, Temporary residence. I don't know how long you've lived in your neighborhood. Uh, I have lived in my current house about two and a half years. Uh, Before that, I lived for three years in East Elk Grove. Uh, before that, I lived for about three years out in a little town on the Sacramento River called Cortland. Anybody ever been to Cortland? You know where that's at? Yeah, a beautiful little town. It was a great place to live. I, I, we move every three years. I don't know why, but, but we do. It, it keeps the garage from getting filled up, if you know what I mean. Uh, how many people here, who's lived in their house longer than, let's say, five years? How many people lived in their house longer than five years? Oh, yeah, a lot of you, a lot of you. How many? Ten years. Fifteen years. 16 years. How about 20? 25? Oh, oh, they're going down after 25. 30? 35? We got some long-time residents. Absolutely. So you've lived in your house a really long time, right? Um, But it doesn't matter how long you've lived in your neighborhood. Do you know you're going to move out? You're moving out. Lest Jesus comes back, you're moving out. Somebody else is going to live in your house. And they're going to walk in and they're going to go, oh, I can't believe they had wallpaper like that. That's what's going to happen. It's exactly the way that's going to happen. Somebody else will live in your house. You are a temporary resident there. And you're a temporary resident here on earth too. This is not our home. This is not our home. But while you're here, you might as well settle into your neighborhood You might as well settle in. I don't know how long you will be in Lodi. I don't know how long I will be in Lodi, but you might as well settle in if you're here. You see, in the Old Testament, there's a parallel kind of story with the nation of Israel, right? In the Old Testament, God's people were going into exile in a place called Babylon. And just like the people from Peter's letter, they too were gonna be foreigners, and they were gonna be temporary residents living in Babylon, They were anxious to go home. They wanted to go home uh, to have God deliver them from Babylon. But listen to what the prophet Jeremiah says to them in Jeremiah 29. This is a long passage, but I want you to get the whole picture of it. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives. He has what? Exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. What are we supposed to do? Build homes. And what else? What else? And what else? What else are we supposed to do? And have children, then find spouses for them, so that you may have many grandchildren. See, it's okay to match make people. It's fine. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and tranqu- I think it's tran- prosperity. That's it of the city where I send you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for how long? 70 years. But but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you where? For I know that... How many people recognize this verse? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Good. And not for what? They are to give you a... And what else? And a hope. Absolutely. You probably heard that verse, right? Proverbs 29, 11. That's a feel-good verse. God is going to use this. He has plans for us. Good plans for a future and a hope. But what people don't say is that God is going to bring you home again in 70 years. Let me give you the Steve Steele translation of that verse. You all going to die right here in exile. All your kids and your grandkids, they may end up living. They may end up going home, but you ain't. You're not going home. They never put that on a rustic sign at Hobby Lobby, I'm telling you right now. So he says, settle in. Build houses, plant gardens, marry, have children, grandkids. Don't get caught up in the culture, don't listen to the culture, but pray for the culture. Pray for the city. Work for peace in the city and prosperity. Pray for its welfare. We too need to be invested in Lodi as deeply as anybody on the planet. We want to make Lodi the best place you could possibly live because we live here and because God loves the people of Lodi, right? I, have, I don't know about you. I have grown to love Lodi. It is easy. Uh, it, I, I love Lodi. Lodi is a great place to live. It's easy to find fault in your own town. Well, you know what's wrong with this place. But let me tell you some great things about Lodi, right? We have great parks. Lodi Lake is legitimately like a gem, when you go out to Lodi Lake and you're walking around there, you're like, I mean, when it's not just mud. You know what I'm talking about, when there's water. But we've got that McCollumee River that flows into the lake. The lake's a beautiful place. We've got community events. We have street fairs. We have Farmer's Market in the summer. I love walking down the middle of that road in the summer at Farmer's Market. We've got golf courses. We've got great wineries all throughout the area. Fourth of July at the lake is an awesome time around here. I love the people of Lodi. I don't know about you, but I walk around and I talk to everyone. I strike up conversations at the grocery store or at the gas station, whatever, and people are genuinely friendly. Like we genuinely have, we laugh together, we enjoy the conversation. I'll tell you one thing that maybe you don't know about other cities, but in Lodi, if you put the nose of your car out, people will actually let you into traffic here. That doesn't happen other places. I went back to Elk Grove a little while ago. Somebody cut me off and almost hit me and I went, oh, I'm home. L- Lodi a great place. Um, it's, we have easy access to shopping and restaurants, um, downtown dining and shops that so you can walk down there. Do you know there are places in America where you have to drive two hours to get to a Walmart? Two hours! Forget about a Costco. This is a great place to live. I genuinely love it. And you know what else is great about living in California? How many people know this who have lived elsewhere or visited whatever? California is great because we have ethnic food. Anybody else been to the Midwest? You can't get no good Mexican in the Midwest, I'm telling you right now. You can't get good Thai food or sushi. like We have all that great food because we live in California, right? And and I love that. If you go just north, just about an hour that way, you get to Sacramento. It's got everything you could possibly want there. Uh, it's a great place. Our Jim Elliott basketball team was up there playing at the arena. That is an awesome arena to be at up there. Um, You go 90 minutes to the east, you're in the Sierra Nevadas, world-class skiing and mountains and resorts up there. You go 90 minutes to the west and you're on the coast, you're in Santa Cruz, you're on the beach. Just a little further north, you're in San Francisco, giant world-renowned city. Like, I love living in Lodi. I love living in Northern California. I really genuinely love it here. I don't want to move. So how do I continue to work for the peace and prosperity of our city, the peace and prosperity of Lodi? Here's the answer. It's a simple answer. You just need to be the best neighbor in your neighborhood. Be the best neighbor in your neighborhood. I want us to be the best neighbors in Lodi. I want you to be the most popular person on your block. I want you to be the, the, when people on your block say, man, that family over there, they're so great. I love those people. I love living on this block because they live on this block. I I want us as Christians to make every neighborhood in Lodi better. When Jesus said, Love your neighbor, you heard him say, Love your neighbor. If you dive deep into the cultural and the uh, language of what he says in that moment, what he's actually talking about is your neighbor. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the people that live closest to you. He wants you to be a good neighbor to those people, to love your neighbor, love them. I want us to take our neighborhoods and be the coolest neighbor in the neighborhood. We are neighbors for Jesus because he planted us in those neighborhoods. So settle in, build houses, plant your gardens, plan to stay. The reason that we are such good neighbors in our neighborhood is because God is already taking care of eternity for us. He's already bought us with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And our eternal neighborhood, our eternal home, is already taken care of. Listen to what it's... See, God brought you, bought you a home in his neighborhood. Listen to what First Peter continues to say. He bought you a home in his neighborhood. First Peter 1, 13 through 21 says this. For you know that God paid a what? A ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of who? Christ. The sinless, spotless, what? Lamb Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead And gave him great glory. Listen, no matter how long you've lived in Lodi or will live in Lodi, our home is not here. This is not our home. This is not our home. Our home is with God. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and to pay the price for your sins because of that, because we know that. We know that I'm just a temporary resident. The house I live in, no matter what I do to it, no matter how I fix it up, it's not my home. My home is in heaven with Christ. That's my home. Colossians chapter two says this: "You were dead because of your sins, and because, of your sinful na- because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you what? Alive, Alive with Christ. And he, for he what? Forgave. Forgave all our sins. He can- canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to a cross. This is not our home. So it leads me to, so what Steve, what do I do with that? Well, after a lot of thinking, prayer, and consideration, I have decided to become a missionary to Lodi. Who's with me? I want, to be a, I want us to be sold out hardcore missionaries to Lodi, right? We're going to study Lodi as the culture changes and the language and the customs of the people. We're going to live in the neighborhoods. We're not going to live like them, but we're going to live in them. And we're going to live like missionaries to reach lost people in our culture that cannot be reached by just opening the doors. So I've done a little research about what it takes to be a missionary in Lodi. And here's the thing. Missionaries fit in with the culture. So... Most missionaries, I'm not sure why, but they don't, they mostly don't look like this. Right? Most missionaries to Lodi look like this. And they sit in a chair. Well, they don't even look like this. I'm not sure why they. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is allowed or anything, but how many people are ready for winter to be over? Here, here's the thing. There we go. You can't practice this at home, people. You lose too many pairs of jeans. There we go. Does that feel about right? Does that look right? Ah. They sit like this in their neighborhood. For some reason, they have an ice thing. They drink out of, does anybody else know this? They drink out of red plastic cups. Do you know that? For those of you who are worried, you don't have to drink alcohol out of a red plastic cup. You too can drink a Diet Pepsi in your front lawn, hanging out with your neighbors, just like this. Hmm. I think every week as a pastor I should just get a little break Here's what I'm encouraging you I'm encouraging you to be a missionary That's, that's just me awkwardly looking at myself I want you to be a missionary to your neighborhood We're missionaries to our neighborhoods Listen to what it says in the scripture, ready? In the scripture, that Jesus did this. He sent his own disciples out to do this. It says in Luke chapter 10, the Lord now chose how many? Seventy-two other disciples and sent them ahead in what? Pairs. To all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is? But the workers are? So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now, go. And remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Do what? What are we supposed to do? Eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them what are we supposed to tell them? The kingdom of God is near you now. He sent them into these neighborhoods into homes to tell people about their faith, to eat and drink with them, to accept that hospitality and and, and tend to tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. Some of you need to hear this right now. You may not like what I'm about to say, but you need to hear this right now. I read an article yesterday that a new study came out that says of the best states to live in, California is number 48. 48, right? The study was based on eight metrics, affordability, crime and safety, economy, education, healthcare, infrastructure, opportunity, and quality of life. And we are 48th, people. Woo! You know who's worse than us? Mississippi and Louisiana. But here's the thing that I've noticed. So many people right now are talking about getting out. They're looking around and they're saying, I'm out, I'm cashing out, I'm gone, I'm leaving or I'm talking about leaving and and here's my pushback on that if you're ready. What do you think you're going to find when you move? (laughs) You may find all that but honestly, this is not your home and that's not your home. And the moment you get there, you're not magically going to be fulfilled and happy because the taxes are a little lower and the politics are a little more conservative. You're not going to be. This is not our home. Our home is with God. Our home is in heaven. It's been paid for and bought for a price. You will still be in exile living in Idaho, Tennessee, Texas, Arizona, wherever it is. You will still be an exile, a foreigner, an alien living in a world that is not ours. I would invite you to stay here and be a missionary with me in Lodi. Because that's what we're called to do. You see, I, w- I want to send you to be a missionary to your neighborhood. And the very first thing you have to understand is that you are actually the living hope in your neighborhood. You're the living hope that Jesus sent to your neighborhood. You- <laughs> Hi, Aunt B. Aunt Belinda. Look, it's Aunt How Belinda.
1: How Well, you know, nice pants.
0: Thank you. Uh,
1: yeah, I didn't know that.
0: I'm trying to fit um, in in the neighborhood.
1: Well, good luck with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, my husband was just coming back from the store and he saw you sitting out in your front yard all by yourself and I was baking some snickerdoodles so I thought I'd bring you some. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, I, and they're before you and your wife and your 13 children.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's 13 of them. I need another dozen or two.
1: Yeah, you should have set out in the yard a lot sooner. Why, thank you. If you get my drift. I do. I got you. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Well, uh, is there anything that I can do for you? No,
0: but you're making a great example of how you can get involved in the people's lives in your neighborhood. Cookies is a great example of that. An example.
1: Oh, I didn't know you were preaching. Yeah, you had no idea, huh? No, I didn't. I thank you. You want me to take these back and come back later then? No. Okay.
0: I want to keep them.
1: All right. Well, you just go ahead and help these people because they need it.
0: Yeah, they do need <laughs> they, a little they help. Need it.
1: yeah. So thank, you enjoy those thank cookies. Thank you, Belinda. Oh, you bet. You bet. Thank, thank you to Ann Belinda. Yeah, and they're <laughs> snickerdoodles.
0: Ann Belinda's world-famous snickerdoodles. If you look on the back of your bulletin outline, there's a recipe for Ann Belinda's world-famous snickerdoodles. Oh, and,
1: and by the way, I know something else about you because I listen to you when you preach, if I have to. But uh, <laughs> can I just say...
0: Here's your track. Oh, I think. (laughs) You forgot to leave two quarters. Okay. What I want you to do is to make an effort in your neighborhood. And really, one of the simplest ways you can do it is to show up in your neighborhood, to show up like this, to walk in with some cookies. On the back of your outline notes is a recipe for snickerdoodles. I would love to encourage you to take the effort and to make some cookies and walk next door and to settle into your neighborhood. If that's too much for you, I bought some snickerdoodle dog things out there that I will hand. How many people are store-bought cookie people? Yeah, don't admit it here. I got you. But if you walk out and grab one on the way out, no one will judge you. Listen, my goal to you is that we will live as exiles. We will live well in our neighborhoods, but we will live as people who are sent to our neighborhoods because we were made to reach people in Lodi. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to live in Lodi. I thank you that you brought me back here, that you've given me this place as a home base for me and for my family. Father, I pray that we would live uh, knowing that this is not our home, knowing that, this is not where we were destined to, uh, to, to spend eternity, God. But let us live in such a way that we honor this place and that we make an impact in this place. May we settle in and settle down and, and live well and, and marry and have children and grandchildren, and plant gardens and do the things you have called us to do right here in Lodi because we live as foreigners and as exiles and as aliens. But we live here because of you and we live here for you, God. May we do that with intentionality here. In Lodi, in your son Jesus' name, amen.